Hi, I'm Karen Osborne, and this is Living in the Sandwich Zone, a place where each week we talk all things parenting, caregiving, juggling life, and reclaiming joy. Hi, I'm Karen Osborne. Welcome back to Living in the Sandwich Zone and the second part, part two, of my conversation with certified breathwork and quantum journey guide, Ellen Wong. In this segment, we talk about breathwork. We talk about how Ellen got into doing breathwork, why I sought it out, and a little of the nuts and bolts as to how breathwork works. If you have ever felt called or drawn to doing breathwork, Ellen is a fabulous teacher. I did a one-on-one breathwork session with her and it was amazing. It opened me up in ways that I didn't even expect. You'll be able to find all of Ellen's contact information in the show notes for this episode. But for right now, here's a little bit more from Ellen on the power of breathwork. One of the things that I read was that a lot of grief is stored in the lungs. And so I was called to try to start doing some breath work to help emotionally release things. How did you end up getting to explore breath work and and starting this breath work practice? Well, I love that you shared that because I did not know that. I did not know that grief was stored in the lungs. That's what I've heard. And it all makes sense now. It's like, you know how like in your life you like get these little realizations or epiphanies and you know, they're almost like little puzzle pieces that suddenly make you realize like, oh, this is why I did this, <laughs> you know? So the first, like I always attribute this one first breathwork session as my invitation into breathwork. And I had done breathwork maybe two times before this, but in the fall of 2018, after I had left my career that April, this was September, my business partner, Sam, and I got an opportunity to work with this woman named Andrea Ming, who was, I didn't know this at the time, but she was a newly um, certified breathwork coach. And she was just developing her practice and just starting to really facilitate. So she invited us to do this like couple session, basically. And we went and in that one session, my heart just kind of, it cracked open in a way that I have never felt before. And obviously I was just like crying like bucketfuls and so much release was happening. And then my dad's spirit came to that. Like he was palpable. Even Andrea, the facilitator, she was, she was crying. She was like, I feel him here. And like, I'm receiving messages for you. And he just wants you to be happy. He wants you to like release the weight of this grief and and he had passed when i was 15. Mm. and so you know you talk about perfectionism and and oh my god the whole the whole night people pleasing perfectionism everything basically you know from really i think before he passed but i think his passing also it threw this sort of like curveball where i felt like everything was pulled from underneath me and like my whole world turned upside down within the span of like an hour and you know 
life as I knew it completely changed. And so my sense of security and groundedness was forever shaken after that point. And I don't think, you know, financially speaking, I was never concerned. Like I was never super worried that I wasn't going to make it for whatever reason, because I think my dad worked so hard and he like supported us so well that he set us up really, you know, comfortably where he's just like, again, it's like I look back and I'm like, thank, thank goodness. I have so much gratitude for the sacrifices that he made because it allowed me to kind of have the time and space to find my way through. But also I spent my entire adult life and college life and, you know, getting into my career, becoming a workaholic and Mm -hmm. feeling like my value as a person was dictated by everything external, what my bosses thought, what my clients thought, everything. And so that I started to realize my workaholism, you know, after that one first breathwork session, that one really transformative breathwork session, I I had been numbing out my grief with my work with my workaholism you know like i had been escaping feeling the depth of this grief yeah and so as you're saying that like grief is stored in the lungs oh my god it's that's why (coughs) that's completely why i was called to breath work because that whole year and even now it's like i still feel it like i still feel a little bit of that weight in my lungs you know and um yeah it's it's not just that it goes away. I think really healing is, and doing this kind of work is just giving you access to tools that can help you to regulate your nervous system so that Mm -hmm. when you do experience that grief come up again and you do experience that pain, you know what to do. It doesn't overtake you like this crazy, huge, like wave that knocks you out the way it used to. Right. And you don't go to like all these things like, you know, work or alcohol, partying, whatever, socializing, anything, all these numbing tools, mm-hmm. you, you now know how to stand on your own two feet and, and just like, almost like open your heart up to face it and feel it all, you know, which is the only way that we can really get through or complete our trauma cycles. Yeah. I think that for me, um, it's the science that lured me in first, mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. terms of just talking to people about how you know, I, I did a Reiki session once and, um, you know, the, the practitioner who was working on me was noticing how shallow my breath was and mm. she's telling me to breathe. And I'm thinking I am breathing. <laughs> and, and then she's no, no, breathe fully in and feel your belly expand. And, and I was like, that feels so forced because I've, I've been so conditioned to shallow breathe. Yeah. And so the whole thing that spoke to me is that the shallow breathing really fuels your fight flight, you know, sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. getting into the parasympathetic where you're soothing and the relax and restore, that's like, okay. So now every time I feel myself ramping up, I'm like, okay, take a deep breath, take a few deep breaths. And it does, I do feel a physiological shift just if I do that four or five times. So that's what really um, kind of opened the door for me. And then I too had a really emotional experience during my breath work session with you. Mm. And I think it's a combination probably of the breathing, 
but then you have this incredible uncanny knack to pick music <laughs> that accompanies the breath work and i've always you know music and i are and just it's just a big thing in my life lyrics music all of it um and at one point i can't even remember what song it was mm -hmm. that came on but it was like it just uncorked me and I just felt that gush of just, you know, when you just have to get to that place of just let it out, let yeah. it out, let it out. And that's, yeah. that's what I experienced. But for someone who's not um, had the opportunity yet to experience a breath work session, mm -hmm. walk us through that. What yeah. from A to Z, soup to nuts. Yeah. So I think you'll find that every breathwork practitioner or facilitator kind of does things their own way. And for me, the basic technique is always the same. So what you're doing is you're taking, you're, you're breathing through your mouth and you're taking in a deep breath into your belly. And then you're rolling that breath up into your heart space and taking in as much air as possible, basically topping it off. And then you're gently letting it go. So in essence, it's a diaphragmatic breath. So you're, fo you're focusing on your belly and breathing in that oxygen into your belly so that as you're filling in your belly, that's the way you can fill your lungs up the most. Starting with your belly, allowing your belly to fill from the diaphragm and then filling up the lungs, like going upward and then gently releasing. And music, as you were talking about, it plays a huge part because I feel like the music is almost kind of like the currents underneath you. It's it's like the waves, right? And so it carries you and I construct the playlist and you're always breathing to a playlist and the, the time length kind of varies depending on who you're working with and um, how they want to do it. But for my sessions, the group sessions, I like to do about a 25 minute playlist, which, you know, it starts off very like, I would say like exuberant, like it's a it's not necessarily a fast song but i do like to use edm like electronic music sometimes with a beat to kind of get you motivated to breathe because sometimes doing that breath like as you were saying it's not natural right like most of us are shallow breathers because we're not conscious of it and if you think about it like our breath is the one thing in our body that we can do both consciously and unconsciously and that's where i find it's like i'm getting chills as i'm talking about it it's like it's so powerful because it almost mirrors the way our brains work. Like we think that we're thinking conscious thoughts most of the time, but really our actions are dictated, like 80 to 90% of our actions are dictated and our thoughts are dictated by our unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. It's the subconscious that really drives the ship, you know? And so like with our breath, when you bring consciousness into the unconscious, that's really when transformation starts to happen, you know? And so you're deep breathing, you're listening to this music. It starts out really exuberant and kind of like, um, you know, kind of move moving to get you kind of going so that you get that rhythm of breathing. And then I always like to transition into sort of an emotional moment. There, mm -hmm. There'll be like two or three songs where it gets really deep into the yeah. emotion. Yeah. yeah. And that's really like after you've breathed for about, I would say like, I mean, it, it really depends. I think some people, if you're ready to break open that first song, it's like within two seconds of breathing, you just find yourself like, oh my God, I'm crying. Like what the hell is happening? Yeah, 
that can happen. And I've seen, I've, I've experienced that too, where it's just like your body is just so ready to release others. You know, when it's like, you've held this in for so long and it's, it's like you've developed that rigidity and this kind of like, how do I want to say it? It's like, it's numbing. Yes. But it's also kind of like, it's like the doors are reinforced with like, you know, like a chair and like it's double locked and you know sometimes <laughs> it's the barricade like, it's like a full-on barricade sometimes it takes a little while for all that energy to kind of start to surface you yeah. know and finally for that dam to break open or those those doors to break open and so and and you know i've ex experienced breathwork sessions where i don't cry at all there's no release whatsoever and to me, every single session and what I've learned about the body, we're really trusting the body's wisdom here. And so it never gives you something that you can't deal with, you know, yeah. and it always delivers exactly what you need. So oftentimes I'll have people fall asleep during the breathwork session as they're breathing. Yeah, and then that they was get me. Really bummed out. <laughs> I, I dozed somewhere. I don't know where I went, but I was not there for a substantial period of time. And you know, you're, you needed that deep, deep rest. And I always find that like people, when they fall asleep, when they go so deep into their, you know, that, that level of consciousness, their body is basically like, I'm taking over, you know, we're going to do some deep work, but you don't have to be awake for this. And know? that, that was very freeing to me when you said that to me, is that you will get whatever it is you need to get mm -hmm. in this session and, you know, dozing off, falling asleep. It's still working. It's still and working. And that I think, because I think I, I, and maybe it goes back to the perfectionism, you know, me thinking like, I have to do this right. I have, have to be, work. I have to be breathing. Like, you know, and, you know, sometimes I breathe through my nose. I was like, no, 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 I'm supposed to breathe through my mouth. You know? So <laughs> it's, it's part of that. I think it's unlocking part of that. And I, I definitely resonate with you when you talk about that barricade, because I know for me, emotionally, I've built up a ton of walls, like really thick cinder block, you know, <laughs> deep, gotta scale them walls um, around my heart, around, you know, my sensitive self. Um, and I know, you know, just from doing a lot of therapeutic work that that stems back to very early childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And, and that was my way to protect myself. Totally. And so I think where, where I've come to in this point in my life is being ready to pivot, being ready to, I, I, I see how the walling up served me for a really, really, really long time. And now I've done a lot of self-exploration. Like I said, at the beginning, I've been very introspective and I'm just ready to live a life where I don't have to maintain, it takes a lot of energy to maintain those walls. Yes. And does. also I, I just feel like the connections that I've made with people like you, like other people that where I connect in a way that is just so authentically deep and meaningful and soul filling mm -hmm. that I want more of that. You know, I want more <laughs> yeah. of that. I am done with the whole superficial. I think, you know, sometimes we get into this thing where we're just moving. 
we're just moving and we keep moving and you can walk past somebody who's like, hey, how you doing? But you're 10 steps forward before the person even has a chance to answer. And, and as an answer, especially in a non-superficial way, no one has a chance to do that because we're just moving so quickly. And, and I, I, just, I just want to be able to really connect with people in a way that is fulfilling for both people, you know, just like you come and you have a communal giving and sharing. And then the takeaways from that are just so wonderful. Yeah. And you need to be able to expose your heart in order to just drop right in past the BS, you know, like, yeah. I've been having so many conversations recently with different people that I'm just meeting, like honestly through Instagram, which is, you know, like Instagram is really easy to hate on, but I also want to always like kind of uphold it as it's been a very amazing connective tool for me to meet just incredible people, you know, and that's how I reached out to you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it has a lot of, you know, a demons kind of associated with it, but also when I think use in the right way. And this is actually, I think, very, it's like a really beautiful kind of metaphor and symbol for a lot of different things that we experience in our world. There are things that can be very, like when used in the wrong way, super dangerous. But when you put it where it needs to be and you don't give it too much power, but you also honor it for what it can do, then it becomes this amazing tool of like essentially light, you know? Yeah. And you can create so many bridges and connections that way. I definitely feel you on that. And I'm going to say that I have been a a social media phobe forever, (laughs) Uh forever. And it was actually when I took the podcasting class where they, you know, said, oh, create an Instagram account. And that's where you can kind of find like-minded people. And, and I'm thinking, you know, everything just flooded me. I was like, no, you don't find, it's like all full of hate and criticism and judgment. You don't find like like-minded, soul-filled, heart-open people. But I realized that it's like one of those things like where, what you look for, you will find. Yeah. And so when I set the intention to, to start my Instagram experience, I set it with the intention to try to find people that I would love to connect with. Beautiful. And, and I really have, I mean, I, I think that that is one of the things that is also pandemic driven because I, Mm -hmm. you know, we have, have become so isolated from connection that I really recognize how much I missed connecting with people. And I had to find a new way and a new vehicle through which I could facilitate connection and yeah, surprising to myself, Instagram has been kind of fun. Yeah. And it's been a, in a, a little portal to finding people I never would have connected with, but for that, you know, platform. So yeah, I think that where your attention goes, your energy flows. And so if you're putting the attention there to find something um, that fills you up, you'll find it. And if you go in, thinking that you're going to find judgment, hate, criticism, and, you know, the bullseye on your back, you're going to find that too. Yeah. 
it's like life, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it, it really is just a reflection of our life. And, you know, the people that I've been able to connect with recently and yourself being one of them, like, I just feel like we can just dive right into the deep end and cut through the noise of all the small talk and the sort of formalities and, you know, and just go straight into the heart center and talk about what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. Yeah. You know, the good meaty stuff that to me, like I've never been somebody who enjoys like networking or like small talk, oh. that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, that it's funny because yep. When I went to law school, you know, the whole thing is you, you got to network, you got to network. And I'm thinking, I don't network because the thing about networking for me is that it feels fake. Yes. So I can generally talk to anybody and everybody if I'm just talking. Yeah. But if I'm talking with a filter, like a background filter of an agenda of needing mm. or wanting something from someone, all bets are off. I mean, that just is, a, that's a killer that it taints it it taints it and it makes it feel not genuine and so that's for me that's what networking that's the definition and maybe maybe just like with instagram (laughs) i need to reframe it in terms of what i'm looking for in terms of that engagement with other people and then maybe i will free myself of the networking you know i don't know the judgment that i have about it it's like, as you're talking, I mean, what I'm realizing is this is this is the world that we have the opportunity to rewrite and to kind of, you know, figure out new ways of doing things. And so to me, something like networking, I think our perception of it was always really shallow and really sort of like almost self-serving in a weird mm-hmm. way. And because I think that was what we were taught, you know, like that's the way the world operates. This is what you do yeah. to, you know, whatever, like get ahead or, 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 you know, climb the ladder of success, yeah. climb the ladder, you know, which we all know is now a huge illusion too. But like, why does networking have to be that, you know, exactly as you said, why couldn't we rewrite the rules to how to do these different things. Why not make every single encounter a heart-based encounter? Stick around because next up, Ellen shares about how she made that big pivot from leaving her corporate career to pursuing her dream. If you want to find out more about Ellen and all she does, you can follow her on Instagram at tripwithellen, and you can find her website, wearealldaughters.co, to find out more about her journey work, her quantum guiding, and all of the other events and offerings that Ellen has going on. You can find all those links in the show notes for this episode. I'm Karen Osborne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living in the Sandwich Zone. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, and share it with a friend. If you're an Apple podcast listener, one of the best ways you can support me is rating and reviewing the podcast there. You can follow me on Instagram at karen.e.osborne, that's O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Or if you want to become an insider, a club sandwich member, click the link in the show notes and join my private Facebook group. Until next time, remember to add yourself to your caregiving list and take a moment today and do something that brings you joy.